right. Welcome to the podcast Bar and Bar. This is the second episode. And this time we're having a good friend of mine, Roderick, Roderick Buerma. And Ooh. he's right now in Western Australia, on Perth, doing his quarantine. Uh, Roderick, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, maybe like a background or what did you work yeah, for? Of course, mate. No problem. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me uh, and, and, and giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, what you want to talk about later. Um, I'm Roderick. Um, we met uh, in, in, in Sydney whilst, whilst working in, um, in a bar, um, Grain Bar, and it was uh, in, in the Four Seasons in Sydney. And uh, this is where Diego and I met. My, uh, my history goes away a bit, bit further back. Uh, I don't want to say way back, but it goes a bit further back to, um, to the hotel industry where I started my career in... Um, in banquets in a, in a Sofitel property, um, did that for three and a half, four years, and then moved towards the restaurant management into um, a Hyatt property. And then at a later stage, I moved to, uh, to the Four Seasons to become bar manager and eventually roll into the role of um, director of outlets, um, which was very, which is very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, was a big, big step. I mean, Maybe not a big step for you, but like now overlook just not the bar, but the restaurant. And yeah, yeah, it's it's it is very interesting after running a restaurant or a bar yourself, um, and and looking at operations as such. Uh, obviously, this this is a bigger step, and uh, this has more to do with the management and um, the digital side of uh, of of managing outlets, right? Uh, the numbers. Uh, people management and often things behind the scenes that people don't see and or realize within the industry and and that is something that is uh, that intrigues me and that I have a, a big passion for of, of doing yeah and I mean is it like a big difference like obviously it's a bigger role and you need to see now more people and but like in in terms of like management when you're in the bar you are uh, um running programs like um, like trainings and drink programs. Like every, like you change the menu either every season, like twice a year or three times sometimes. And now within the restaurant, do you have to see something related with the, like with the food or that's, I mean, that's the chef, but yeah so so what you, what you what you technically do and that is that is something that, that we did in um, in the bar and that is that is something that i that i encourage people to do is to work together with their teams right so it's not necessarily one man driving um driving menus making menus creating menus writing menus um and 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 coming up with marketing plans right the success the success of a successful manager is not yeah. Uh, to have the manager on 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 every single um, menu and and have one man running everything as it is, I think the success of a great manager and and of running uh, an outlet or multiple outlets as such is motivating people and make sure that uh, people have the opportunity to do what they do best you know uh, we I have a restaurant manager to to run his restaurant I have a bar manager to run the bar and i 've got an in room dining manager to run in room dining and Technically, what you do is making a roster or making a marketing plan or setting up an outlet for success and building a success within an outlet um, comes with working with the teams that, that are actually executing everything on the floor. Uh, 
often we forget as managers is that if we just want to change numbers or we just want to chase success of something like that, we, we forget what's happening on the floor and we forget the people that are actually doing it and, and making, making that dream come true, right? Yeah. Um, in, in hotels, we often look at, at scores as LQA, uh, Medallia, and, and all those um, management things that are in place to, to measure the success of implementation of standards. Um, but if you look at the success of the implementation of standards, where does it actually come from? It comes from the bottom line, right? It comes from the people that are actually working with it. So if you want to make something really successful, and I think that is something that people often forget, it's not the ego of a manager. It's actually the manager being more humble and let the people come up with their promotions. And well, yourself, you, you've been in, involved with, uh, with two months of agave, right? Uh, yeah. And we, we, we made a complete program around uh, agave spirits. And, and that is something that was extremely successful and it was fantastic to work with. And it was, was something that people will remember for, for a long time. Um, so is it, is it more complicated? No, I think it's just duplicating your work uh, and making sure you trust the people underneath you that they do the right thing. Um, and if you have the right people working with you, then you get, you get to that point. Yeah. And you mentioned something very um, interesting um, when you said like sometimes like F&B directors or like high management position, sometimes they forgot about the people who is on the front line. Uh, like I, because I work with you um, in the bar, but I didn't work in the restaurant or I didn't work with you in the previous restaurants. Um, yeah. And I know that you are always there, like even like, having like a full shift, you know, like since we open, till we close, washing glasses and, you know, doing the cash up, everything, because it sometimes it, you, you need it to be there. Great, great days. <laughs> you know, it was, it was fun. Having yeah. fun. Uh, but like now when you're like stepping up a little bit, but you still, you still doing the, over there, like, do you spend much, much time like on the floor? I mean, I know that sometimes you don't because you have media. Yeah. The people, yeah, in the, like the manager is not, it's not around. Where is the director? I want to talk with this person, but that's because the, you're, you're in the you, meeting. You often, yeah. You often hear, uh, yeah. Meetings is, is, is something that is, that go, always goes on. Right. And in hotels, people want to have more and more meetings because it makes people technically feel important about what they do. Uh, and it actually wastes their time of executing what they need to do. Um, so I prefer not to be in meetings and I prefer to be with people on the floor because I think that's far more beneficial because that's where you can actually train them, where you can educate them and make sure that they do what they need to do. Um, but if you, for me, for me, it's, it's, I, I live on a watch and I live on an agenda and, and people, um, sometimes, I don't know if you read about this from management, from CEOs and uh, the biggest guys in the world. And I read, I, I, I tend to read about these kind of things on LinkedIn and stuff and, and those kind of magazines where, where, where you read about it. And you always think like, wow, how can people do that? And it actually works. Um, if you see people that have a fixed agenda, so from Monday to Friday at 7 a.m., they wake up, they have a coffee, they have a whole routine, right? And they yeah. do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I think the downfall for a lot of managers is that they want to respond to a lot of things right there, right then, at that specific moment that they think they need to respond. But instead of responding and taking a step back, analyze the situation and then come back with a, with, with a better suggestion or with a stronger suggestion, um, you often win, win a, lot of those, a lot of those conversations. The, the whole 
challenge and the mindset of I need to be available 24 hours is, an, is, is absolutely unnecessary because it, you, you, you don't, you're replaceable. And that, that, that goes for a lot of things. Do I work less? No, absolutely not. Because I still work 10, 11 hours a day. But people often forget because they don't see me coming in, they don't see me going out that, that there might be a long day, right? And yeah. if you leave, at, you leave at six or seven o'clock, people say, oh, nice half day. And you actually started at seven in the morning uh, with running breakfast and trying to uh, execute a training for early birds or uh, you know, trying to catch people from the overnight shifts um, to show your face and to see them as well once in a while. People, people sometimes forget, forget those kind of things. And um, I, I think that's, that's just as important. But me, I, I, I don't really um, yeah, feature those opinions that much. I, 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 don't, I don't care about those opinions. Yeah, it's hard to be probably, uh, because when I started working with you, I didn't have like a management or supervisor role. And then when, when I left Grain Bar and started doing more management, thing you can now understand like it's when you understand now like oh now it's like this or you see now the problems or now you see how to be more responsible or like how people is like why they complaining and you don't understand until you have that position that management and yeah, it's strange, uh, but it's uh, one of the things that I've always done is I try to involve people as much as I can in, into what, uh, to explain them the cause of, of not having staff or being understaffed or not being understaffed, but it just being a budgeting issue or it feels like you're understaffed, but it's actually not an understaffing because if you would increase or improve your own efficiency and you work like I would told you that you should work, and you yeah. actually execute it in a way that, that it goes faster and that you, that you have that time to do the stuff that you need to do. And it often comes from um, people learning how to work with freedom, right? I'm not a manager that, that puts you on a leash. I'm a manager that lets you go and lets you explore and then guide you along that way. And people often take that freedom as, as a certain liberty and they start to do things that with simple communication, they they would avoid uh, one of the biggest things in, in, in grain in the beginning when, when I started to work there was the issues that we're always understaffed. And what yeah. actually the, the, the reason was is, is that we're just planning in a wrong way. And during the peak moment, we missed the volume. So with a, with a little adjustment, we made sure that we covered that peak moment. And then all of a sudden, all the complaints started to faint away, but everything started to become, um, as easy as it looks, you know, everything was working, everything was smooth. And then the team started to play with having breaks at, at, at 5.30 and 6 o'clock in that peak moment, right? Because sometimes we could and sometimes we couldn't, but they couldn't, um, couldn't find the balance between wrong or right, go or not go, or wait 10, 15 minutes and then, and then go, or leave their workplace in a mess and, and, and go on break. I mean, those kind of things. And that was then back to the floor management. So you, you have to, you have to tighten up in that moment and then get it back on the rails again to make sure that nobody goes on break or less people go on break at the same time. Do you, do you, um, I don't know if I asked you before this. Um, I mean, obviously there is like, I'm doing this also because um, the school that I study 
uh, it's hotel management, right? And they 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 supposed to train you or they supposed to give you the tools to be a manager in the hotel industry. And sometimes when you come, when you when you actually start working in the industry, it's not what they. I think it's all in all professions, in all careers. Um, like the school, yeah, they give you some tools, uh, they give you some books, but it's you cannot always do everything by the books, right? And Correct. Coming from the school management, um, there is like I feel like there is a lack of um, how can I say this like. And not because, like, you have to work, right? Like, when you were talking, like, oh, um, probably just you need to start working um, as a dishwasher, not dishwasher, like a bar back, you know, like a runner, like a food runner or something. So you realize how, how this industry moves and works and you don't need school sometimes. But do you take, like, a, you take trainings, right? Like in management, like, like one of the I've, good I've, things. I've, of, run, I've run a course like an uh, I, I run a study on, on on restaurant management and in the Netherlands in where I was studying at the time there there were two two ways of, of, of studying and there's a really hands-on approach and there's a university kind of approach right um, when I started to work in hotels and and I, I started to work in hotels as, a, as outside labor as a casual in banquets on call days um, yeah. I, I started to work from from nothing yeah. Um, did I have a, a hotel university degree in, in hotel management? No, I did, did have not. Um, but I, I came from a very operational background um, from a cafe where I used to work. And I worked there for three years, but I knew the place inside out. And I, I said to a guy when, I was, when we were working there, he came in and he was one of the new managers, right? Oh, look, there's the new manager. He's going to change the world. He's going to do everything different. And I had a beer with him. And I said, Right. There's a lot of things that we can, we can learn from each other and that we're going to learn from each other. Do I know everything about hospitality? Absolutely not. Do I know everything about this place and this bar? Absolutely. I know this place inside out. I know which floor, which floor plate squeaks. I know when the taps are going to be cleaned. I know everything about the place. And he was like, you're absolutely damn right about that. So let's work together. And since then, we've been friends and we've always worked together. I brought that into, into the hotel industry. And I was, when I was working there, I, was, I, I, would, I would listen to third, certain things where they would guide me and uh, where, I would, where, I would, where, where it would be really beneficial, like budgeting, rostering, um, staffing, KPIs, all the, all the management terms and everything that passes by. Um, I would listen to those kind of things and spend more time in that um, and, and learn from it. And, and I had a lot of opportunities. People gave me a lot of freedom to, to get access to things that I should never have access to. Um, but I used those opportunities to learn from them um, and, and, and grow in that way. I brought from the other side, I brought my skills from the operational parts. I brought it back um, to, to be a, a, a balance between management and, and, and floor. And I could do a lot of things on the floor that my higher management had never seen uh, to be done on the floor or had to call an engineer for or stuff, stuff like that. I was able to do it myself because yeah, who needs an engineer if it's just adjusting the, the temperature of a beer tap? I yeah. mean, that, that was something that was, that was easy, but for them it was rocket science, even though they went to university, right? Yeah. So 
going to university it doesn't always teach you the tricks to be to be on the floor and to be um, as good as you can be. Uh, to me, what I've what I've used for my from my study books um, in terms of balances and budgets, yeah, um, uh, time changes. Everything is updated. Everything is upgraded. Everything is is digital. Everything is automated. You learn how to look um, at different things depending on what 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 your hotel or what your business goals are, right? If you work in, in a cafe uh, and your objective is, is to get as much revenue as you can, that is an objective. If you work in a hotel and you want to become the best in the world, that is an objective. If you're a hotel and you want to just drive numbers and volume, that's an objective. So depending on what the, what the hotel and the hire, uh, what the owners of the hotel at the end of the line and what they want to achieve with the property that they have, um, that is how you adjust as a manager, and either you go, either you go into a financial way, into um, into a quality-driven way. You can you can you can pick that, and I think that's very important for you as a manager to decide, or as an employee to decide what what, what business you want to work for. Do you want to work for just a volume-driven company? You know, forget about the details. Don't make it as complicated. Or do you just want to work for one of the best companies in the world? Work on your details. Do less volume. Uh, be less proud. You know, you don't need to make a hundred million dollars a year. If you're just satisfied with a million dollars, you'll be fine. If you want to make a hundred million dollars a year, don't become the best of the world. I mean, that, that, that won't, it won't balance. Does it, does it change too much to work? Because you say that you work in um, five-star hotels in Europe and then here in Sydney, different companies. Do they have the same objective in, um, in I mean, obviously they, everyone wants to make a revenue, right? Correct. Everyone wants to make um, a living out of it. But in terms of like restaurant and bars, like how much freedom do you have to create something or do you need to follow, like I know that you need to follow certain um, rules or standards, but as a manager, can you, you know, can, can you twist it a little bit? Can you, not just to be well, like a boring, you know, bar, you, or hotel you can, bar. You, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You, as a manager, you can only become as good as the team around you, right? So when I started to work um, for Four Seasons and, and for Grain Bar, um, one of my main objectives was to look at, uh, look at the people around me and, and see how, how they would um, hunt objectives and how they would execute that right i mean it's 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 it was for me one of the most important things is is i want to have fun in what i do if i do it 60 70 hours a week i might as well have fun with what i do um so it was super important to see the people around me that they were driven that they were good that they were not making making things you know look look impossible or you know that there's no support or that that you can't make mistakes or that there's no freedom to make mistakes um as such so that hence i joined the team of four seasons and 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 it was great um i i've never experienced something something like that and if you talk about how a guest experience flows through um you you find it right there uh, and 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 that is that is what you see if if your employees are happy to come to work if they feel supported if they feel engaged with they'll go 10 times further than than what what you can achieve right i mean the time that you were there with lance and with the people around us and and victor was one of one of the great souls as well i mean just to mention 
three of, 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 of many good people um, that, that we've worked with. These guys, these guys were good and it, it showed back in our scores and in our results, you know, LQA 100%, uh, 98%, you know, having, having the bar in, in number one in Asia Pacific for a longer period of time than, than they could have remembered. That was a fantastic, was a fantastic goal. Was it one of our goals? No, it was not one of our goals. Yeah. One of our goals was to, to get, get Graham back on track and to make it financial, financial interesting. And, and that was something that I, uh, that is part of my, my skills is to make it financially interesting for a company. And, and that is one of the things that we wanted um, and, and which, which we blew out of the water. But that comes, comes with playing as a team together. Um, yeah, if you compare it to the different, different hotels have different objectives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, correct. And it, I mean, maybe in Sydney, like hotel bars now, it's, well, maybe, I don't know, haven't been here long. Um, but I think hotel bars in Sydney is something that you need to try as a guest, you know, like this, because it not, it's not anymore the boring hotel bar that you only drink whiskey or rum or whatever and like now they have they have a theme they have um they have an interesting cocktail menu or they have uh, now international guest bartenders or bar takeovers they want to make it like interesting and yeah it's it's really interesting because in the beginning you know it it, it is really hard to sell a hotel bar to to people in in sydney and in australia because i'll, I'll make it a bit bigger for you because a hotel in Australia, at the end of the line is a pub, right? Yeah. If you go to any, uh, let's 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 name one that we've all been to and we all like to go to, Pyramid Bridge Hotel. Yeah, correct. Uh, I think for the people in the industry, they 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 crystal clear know the difference between Four Seasons Hotel and Pyramid Bridge Hotel. There, it's two different worlds, right? People often have a fear of five-star hotels. I need to dress like this. I need to behave like this. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. And those factors, they play in people's minds before they are even inside the venue. And when they're inside the venue, they often see that a martini is, well, back in the days, it was 20 bucks, yeah. right? It was, it was cheaper than, than any of the cocktail bars in town. And now it's $24, which is still super approachable and it's nothing nothing extreme you compare it to prices in europe or in london or yeah wherever over the world if you go to to hong kong um, new york it's it's a bargain it's a steal yeah and something that also people um when the people that they have been working hotels or big companies like that because you mentioned you know those kind of like the standards the lqa in a restaurant, yeah, you can complain and you will complain with the manager and then maybe you made a you make a review or on Google or whatever other um, website you can complain about this restaurant. But in the hotel industry, there is a whole system because the people who complain are the the actual guests and it's something that is really important or like kind of like it's always in your back of your head as a manager of like, oh man, I need to, I need to put the coaster like this. I need to greet the guests in this way. So it's something that for some people that they haven't worked in the hotel industry and they come to the first time, they don't have those kind of like um, 
can we say like habits you know yeah, yeah but it's 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 in a way i always try to explain and 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 that was was mainly after after your time there is i i started to see those brand standards as as a way of life right if you go to any bar a bartender will put down a coaster a napkin a piece of filth um, they'll put down something under that drink yeah it doesn't matter if you go to a high-end bar or, or wherever you go right it, it happens so if you're it doesn't matter if you're a bartender in this bar or in this bar you put a coaster down yes we make it a standard so we can measure it but you need to put it down regardless because it's annoying. Is it nice for people to have a little snack on the table? Yeah, it's nice for people to have a little snack on the table. Yeah, it's very specific for certain hotels to have two different types of snacks. There needs to be a little ramekin because we want to have this kind of olives to, uh, which come on a little pick. So, so these things, they all follow, follow through, right? And brand standards, they come from um, a range of common complaints. My table was wet. I didn't have any bites. Um, it was too dark in the venue. It was too loud in the venue. Uh, those kind of things, right? And then one, does one complaint make, it, make a difference? No. Does 10 complaints make a difference? It, it might be. Does it mean that you need to take every complaint serious? I think you need to read into it and you need to, need to look at it for sure. Absolutely. Um, every guest has, 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 has a certain expectation of what's going on, right? And are we meeting that expectation in the right way? Is this the right approach? Did we do wrong? Did we do right? Um, was it just the guest's opinion? Was it a matter of circumstances? Um, was it just really cold outside? Did the light bulb break? What, what happened to the situation? Yeah. Could we have avoided it? Or is it just a guest opinion? Right? Sometimes a complaint is, is, an, op is an opinion. I think there should be popcorn instead of peanuts. That's 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 it's an opinion right it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not a complaint if you don't like peanuts or you, yeah then then you, i i can't help you this is what we offer as a bar i mean yeah. i don't like my martini to be drunk out of a nick and nora but i only want it out of a martini glass okay let me change it to a martini glass sorry this is how we do it my apologies uh, yeah can i get you some more peanuts uh, yeah yeah it's funny all the politics behind a bar or a restaurant if you work in a hotel, there's more like a, there's a bigger politics, there's a bigger, like a line that you need to follow. And people, maybe they don't like it, like as a manager, or, I mean, not like if you don't like it, but it's, I don't want to say like there's a difference between in a hotel bar manager and a, just a bar manager in, in a bar in Sydney. It just, you know it's a, it's a different world yeah it is it is often that there's a lot of systems and um and, and, and operating procedures that are in place that that supposed to make life easier but often make life more complex and um the lifespan of an average bartender in in sydney i believe we we talked with uh, with someone back in those days was uh three three to six months I cannot teach you management in three to six months. Yeah. I cannot explain a hotel system to an individual in a year. It's, it's, it's not possible. Either you understand it, you want to fight for it, or you don't want to understand and you leave the industry. Systems are often there to make your life easier. 
I mean, if you work in a bar, normally you would have fixed, fixed ordering dates. Um, if you work in a bar, you have a set of standards. You always put a coaster down. You say hi to people. Uh, you give them the bill. You know, you have, you have your own rules and you have your own regulations. And the same goes in a hotel. But often there's, there's a couple more because we want to do it in a certain way and we're really sp- specific about it. And that is just a drive that we have to do things better, to do things faster, to do things more efficient. And we've got a boss behind us chasing us down to, to make sure we do these kind of things. I don't think it is that much different than a bar. It is only like in a bar, you as a bar manager, you communicate straight to your suppliers. In a hotel, there is a department in between that talks to your suppliers. Supplier. So you need to have, you know, there's, there's more layers you need to run through. You can't, it's more a safety net for the business, I reckon, than for, for employees. I, it, this, the systems often help me as well. It, it, it worked against me, but it helped me as well. So there's, there's a win, win, lose, win, win, lose, lose. I mean, it depends on how you approach it. If you're yeah. flexible, you can work with it. If you're not flexible, you're going to have a lot of problems with it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, something that we we'll always talk about, like, oh, what can we don't have this spirit or why it's taking too long to have this spirit well there's more politics behind it and there's more but i reckon you, you relate to the first days that we were in the bar and that um that we were like god damn it we're running out of we're running out of vodka all the time we're running out of vodka we're running out of yeah. vodka and then we decided to put all the vodka in the same place and then we actually figured out that we only had three bottles of vodka on a friday night that so was mm. not a big big strange thing yeah. We increased stock and we decided to keep always the vodka, to keep it always in one place so we would know how many bottles of vodka we would have. Yeah. And since then, we started to pretty, pretty easy execute all those kind of things of running out, you know. Why do you run out of fresh fruits? Because most likely, some people put it in the back, some people put it in the front, some people put it downstairs. Yeah, so where's the fruit? Is it in place A, B, or C? Yeah, everywhere there's a little bit. So you will always run out. You will always have that problem unless you standardize it. And when you standardize it, you come to your hotel, help, hotel politics is like, no, I want to have the strawberries here. Why was the manager always wants to have the strawberries there? Well, because then we can make sure that you don't run out of your strawberries. So if you put your strawberries always there, we can always decide to change the location of the strawberries. That's not the problem. Yeah. But the strawberries need to go in the same location. So you know when you're going to run out. You're going to run out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Did you may, I think we were having a conversation a long time ago. Um, Back in Amsterdam, you used to work, well, to say that you, you work in a cafe, but also you work in a restaurant, right? Yeah. Do you, and yeah. like coming back, coming, coming from a restaurant that is no, that is, they don't have like a franchises or it's only like a family owned restaurant and then moving into a bigger, like a bigger companies. I mean, probably we know that, that there is a difference and the difference might be the budget that they have to, to do some stuff or to create some stuff. But like in, in the management kind of like way, do you, do you find it, I mean, it's different, yes, but do you like it better now being in the hotel industry or do you miss it back being in the Look, restaurants? I, I, I really loved the freedom of, uh, of working in that cafe and uh, being behind the bar and, and having fun with people. And I think that's, that's still what I do, uh, do enjoy the most. And that is, that is why I like to be in hospitality because I like to be around people. I like to chat. I like to make people laugh. I like to give them a good time. And then 
if we can make that all work, I just need something to exercise my brain and that is called budgets and uh, the, whole, the whole politics behind it. Yes, of course, there's a difference, but there's also a difference in, in me growing. I mean, I grew in that place, in that, in that cafe, and, and there's, there's no doubt about it, but I was done learning for my skill set in that place. And I had to, had to move on to learn something new. And that has nothing to do with that place. That has, has mainly to do with me as an yeah. individual that I wanted to learn and that had the drive to, to push forward. I think that that is the biggest, that's the biggest difference. I mean, from, from being in a restaurant. Yeah. Eventually you get held accountable. You get held accountable for the stuff that happens and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if, if, if your guest satisfaction raises and, and your profit raises there, there should not be a big, big problem. If you, if you don't make your budgets, you need to make sure that your labor drops. I mean, uh, it's, it's not rocket science. If your place is empty, your place is empty. You can't do anything. Yeah, true. You need, to send, you need to send your people home. But then on the other hand, what are you doing to get the place filled? Is then you need to run your marketing promotions, right? You need to make sure that you're out there in the media. You need to make sure that you go out to people and talk to them. And, and from there, you make sure that you show an interest in people coming back into your venue. And from there, if you have the money flowing in, if you have a constant flow of money, you will never have an issue. And your managers and your owners will always look in a different light towards you. If there's no money coming in and you're not doing anything on promotion, then what are you doing, yeah. right? What is going on? We've written many marketing promotions and you know, you, you write your plans for a year, you write your plans for two years, you, you speak about ambition, you speak about dreams and about goals, right? What do we want to achieve? How do we want to do it? And where do we want to go? Do we want to be in the top 50? Yes. What does it take to go into the top 50 best bars? Okay, then we need to execute X, Y, and Z to get on that path. But it's the path that you decide to go on um, that, that decides where you want to go. And I think if you speak wisely and you're not just, it needs to be better. Marketing isn't doing anything. Why isn't purchasing checking on my orders? If you, if you skip that whole kind of thing and that whole attitude, you, you win by far more ground um, than, than you can. And, and it's, it's, it's key to have everyone working together. If one of those components fails, mm-hmm. you will always fail. Because if you grow as a team, but you don't have to support, you don't have to write produce coming in, you fail. If your right produce is there, your right team is there, and still your marketing is not going, then who are you working for? Yeah. I mean, eventually it grows, but it takes much longer to grow. So those three need to be together. If those three are together and a visa runs out, you have your human resources department. It needs to be at the same level. If they don't grow with you, you won't be able to, to be successful. No you way. need to have all those components working together. So yeah, working if, you talk, if, you, if you talk about your hotel politics, you need to be friends with everyone, technically. If you like them or if you don't like them, they need to work together to move forward. And if, you're, as a man- if you as a manager or as an employee are stubborn and you don't want to follow a set of rules or agreements that you make with each other to get to the top or to get wherever your goal is you want to go, then it's not the right place for you to be. Yeah, that's very interesting that, that everything that you mentioned because like apart from being an employee or a manager, I think you need to play the politics on your favor, right? Like, like you said, you need to be friends with everyone. Otherwise purchasing is not going to put your order on 
place or they're going to order whatever they want or marketing is going to post one picture of you or the bar once a week or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's not also being a manager. It's also like know how to play the politics behind behind the bar or like an, an yeah and and don't and don't and don't forget you know uh, you you should not be an expert in everything that you want to do you should show interest in what people are doing but yeah you don't you don't need to have a degree in marketing to understand or to help write a marketing program right you do your end of the bargain and marketing does their end of the bargain and then it comes together right if you make sure they have the menus on time you can go yeah. you know you can go live even right. if it's not 100% complete, as long as you have your menu ready, they can start promoting and, and getting the word out, right? Make sure you're on time. Make sure you hold up your end of the bargain all the time because then it's the only way you can win. Right, correct. And something that, um, that probably I never um, asked you before, does the hotel, like regardless which one is, do they market for the people in the city as well, like more than the guests or... It's 50-50 or they, they marketing for everyone. How can you attract it, it, the people in the city to grow? It is really, it is really, it's really different uh, from every hotel um, to, to what, they, what they aim for and even to what extent their marketing budgets are. So it's not a necessarily that the, if, if we're only aiming for, for a certain age group or yeah, you, you can. Of, of course, there are certain, certain platforms or certain groups where you attract a different crowd, concrete playground, stuff like that. If you go into that direction, then you get a, you get a younger crowd, right? And if you go to um, a, a platform where you give a discount or where you get a, a glass of wine for free or something like that, you get, a, you get a crowd that always hunts for bargains and you get a crowd that's not I don't know, necessarily good for your crowd. I don't know if that's, if that's something that a venue is after. And I'm not talking about any of the hotels, right? I'm talking about venues in general. It depends on what you want to achieve, right? Do you want to achieve something high class? Do you want to just fill your, fill your place with people? Uh, what do you want to do? That's the first question that you want to decide for yourself. And once you have that decided, from there you can look at platforms that are, that are related to, to what you want to do with your venue. Right. Like in this case, um, who was deciding this for the for the like for the bar that you were working like in the hotel? Is there like a the the the, the, the director, the hotel in itself, the bar manager? Like, uh, well, this is a combination of people. Huh? Um, certain certain com campaigns were running over certain platforms, um, and it 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 de dependent, but. Often this was a mutual decision uh, on, on what would happen. We would come together in a, in a group, in a meeting, sit together and decide and brainstorm on ideas and um, like or dislike ideas and move certain ideas faster and move certain ideas slower up the, up the ramps. Um, and from there decide where, where to go and, and always keeping in mind the relevance of, of what it could be. And, and those arguments are often, sometimes pretty, pretty hard. Um, certain products, certain brands don't work with what we were executing. Yeah. And this is where a bar manager comes into play where, where he has to say, okay, this product, yes, this product, no, because of X, Y, Z. You know, there's reputations with brands and there's reputations that we have and certain products we should work with and certain products we shouldn't work with. 
And then there's a the director of food and beverage that comes into play and says like, yeah, all fun and games, but if you want to do a promotion with that, it's going to cost X, Y, Z. And if it's going to cost X, Y, Z, it will not fit in the budget. So you won't be able to. And then there's a marketing way that goes like, yeah, this we can, this we can't because it would harm the brand. And this we can because this we, we can do because it's, it's absolutely in line and, and, and go ahead. So it's a group of people that needs to come together and, and run these ideas and, and, and brainstorm about it and see what is relevant. It's not one, it should never be one individual that is dictating, we need to go there or we need to go there. I don't think that is healthy in any conversation. Yeah. Good, 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 um, good example of um, management and being flexible in many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you have a great idea and, and it, it just sounds like a fantastic, it sounds like a dream to you. You know, you come up with this amazing cocktails and it needs to be like this and it needs to be like this, but it absolutely misses the whole concept of what, of what you're doing and, in yeah. your venue or in your place and um, someone sometimes needs to pop your bubble and they need to tell you listen this is uh you're going one step too far uh, yeah. this is this is not possible um for what you want to do and and yes, sometimes things are possible even though you think they're impossible i mean i think the biggest example was that we hosted a pool party in the four seasons and <laughs> something that they, um, they haven't done it before right was it? Yeah, we, we've never we've never done it before, and it was a it was a great success. I mean, for marketing numbers, it was amazing. That and that was something that we absolutely wanted. So yeah, that's yeah. good fun. Well, yeah, we had um, we had good fun. We have good fun. Uh, while we, we worked we together. Achieved great things. Yeah, almost lost our job one time. <laughs> it's part but, of the game. Yeah, part of the game. <laughs> that's another story. For another time. Another time. Uh, Offline well, with a glass yeah. of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, Rodrigo, um, thank you. Thank you for um, uh, for your time now that giving me in this um, new project, kind of like we're doing this here with this uh, podcast. And Welcome. Yeah, and enjoy your time in, in Western Australia. What are you doing? Gardening or something at the moment? No, we're hosting a small renovation over here. Okay, that's good. That's uh, good. I, I get to lay a floor at the end of the week, talking about okay. doing something different. <laughs> Perfect. Well, good night. Uh, thank you for the invite. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I'll, once that they open the borders, uh, I'll, I'll meet you there. Fantastic. Looking forward. All right. Um, well, thank you, Rodrik, and see you guys next time on the next episode. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.